Listener Production. Listening to Darling Shine, a podcast by myself, Elodie Pullen, and me, Chloe Fisher. A place where we ground womanhood's unspoken experiences from grief to fertility and everything in between. Join us while we transform our pain into power, encompassing all emotions, ugly and beautiful. Darling Shine is your chosen family and your survival kit for the unexpected shit life throws at you. Radio. We're all here. We're dying to know about Malta. My FOMO is through the fucking roof. Kitchen queen, tell me everything. Go. Wow. Yep. It was a highlight for sure. We, um, <laughs> gosh, it was literally only like a few, like not that long ago. And, it, and I find it hard to remember what went down because so much. It was like yesterday, bro. I know, but we just did so much. We squeezed so much into three days. So we flew in there. Wow. We, um, we were staying on our friend's boat. And we, first day, there was like a kind of, there was like a club that there was like two stages on there. And I, our, our friend Dave, DJ. Dave Zilla. Dave Zilla. Dave opened the festival. Yes. And then I went back to back with our friend Richie after him. So this is, listen to this. So this, show, he started, I think, at 3 p.m. And so I'm trying to tell everyone in our group, I'm like, you do realise that Paul doesn't start until 2 a.m. Oh, my God. Pace yourselves. What are we going to, like, this is a long stint. How are we going to survive survival mode for 13 hours at this venue? <laughs> Dave played, then Richie and I played, and it was such a good vibe. Like, I was so nervous. But because I came to Ibiza the week before Malta to sort out where we were living here before Paul arrived this week. And that was like, that's like a whole nother situation, which we can discuss another time. But <laughs> so I was so busy and so stressed do it, dealing with all that. So I didn't really get that much time to prepare as I would have liked to for the, the my music sets. And I was just like, you know what, I'm going back to back with Richie and then I'm going back to back with Dimity. So it's fine. Like we can just kind of carry, well, they can carry me through this one. And Honestly, it was probably one of the funnest things ever. Like we just, the vibe and the energy and like so many people were there with like Darling Shine signs and like where's Noonie and it was just like, it was it was epic. No one stopped dancing. Like, Stop. It was pretty funny. There was this one boy in the front row and like because I was so nervous, every time I'd look at him and I'd do like a good transition, he'd be like, good work, good work. That was a really good transition. And I'm like, thanks, thanks. Like I had a hype boy in the front yes. row just giving me the thumbs up every time I did good. He was really on your program with you, eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. He knew. He just oh. knew. He's probably a listener that knew that you were like a bit nervous. Yeah, it oh. was pretty funny. So then that was that. And then we pretty much were there until like literally four in the morning. So we did 13 hours. That's two full school days. Fuck, that's psycho. In the one spot. School days? And then, that's well, what, there's six hours a school day. Oh, bro, and that's, that's double two school days. I don't psycho. know how the kids do it. How do they survive? Yeah. Definitely didn't learn as much as I learned at school but in those 13 hours. But <laughs> Definitely lost some brain cells instead of gained them dolls. 
<laughs> but yeah, so we were there for that long. And then the next day, Dimity and I had our boat party and holy moly. Oh, it looked fucked up. That was like probably one of the best experiences I've like ever had in my life. This boat was like a pirate ship for a start. Oh my God. And we we're talking about it in the lead up to like last week. I was talking to... um our friend Leslie, who's like does all the bookings and stuff like that. And she came over and was, I was hanging out with her when I was in Ibiza last week. And she's like, yep. So you've got five spots for your crew. And, and I looked at her, I'm like, that's not going to fly. Hey, she's like, what do you mean? Like how many people are with you? Cause I was like, I'm not playing unless all my people are there. Like that we all come as one. And she's like, well, how many of you are there? And she's like, I was like, I think there's like 30. I did a head count. There was 30 of us. And she's like, I don't know what we're going to do about this. I was like, well. It takes a village, doll. We need everyone there. We need everyone there. I was like, we're going to have to get a bigger boat. And they're like, well, we can't really get a bigger boat. Oh, my God. And then she texts me a few days later. She's like, so we've got 25 spots for you guys. And I was like, yep, so 30. Cool. We'll be there. (laughs) We'll squeeze. (laughs) But this boat, I swear to God, people were hanging from the ceilings. Like we were, it was, it was just I wish we recorded it because it was just the funnest set ever. We just played hit after hit, like old school classics. And like the boat was like pumping from start to finish. Was it floating up and down dolls like a boat would? It was floating. Yeah, it was definitely floating. It was rocking. It was rocking. That's what I was trying to say. It was rocking. It was rocking. (laughs) (laughs) You're joking. That thing was rocking. Yeah, it was definitely floating, hopefully. Um, and then we um, got off the boat. I don't know how people didn't fall off the side of the boat because no. there was just basically a piece of string that was like the sides and people, anyway. I no saw one went that over board, and I was great. like, is there an OHS fucking manager on this shit? That looks gnarly. <laughs> no one's wearing life jackets. Nope, there was not. Um, and then we got off the boat and then I think Paul played at 2 o'clock in the morning the that next morning, but we got off, we wow. went and chilled for a bit, ate like a big dinner and then went back to the, went back, he played again, epic, so fun. The vo- our, like, I can't, ex- like, our crew is just, like, the best crew ever. Like, the, everyone just has so much, like, we're just, it's a unit. It's so good. Like, the best, best vibes. And you, you know I mean, you know most of them and they're just so fucking good. I love them. It's like a big, fat family. Like, it is a very special thing that you'll have and just to travel the world but stick like really stick together like there's some people that do not miss a stop and it's fucking just it's so unique like but I just look at um, Fisher and you obviously and it's such a tribute to you guys that you have this fucking crew that comes everywhere with you like there's yeah that's a working crew but then there's actually just genuine just friends that yeah. will not miss a stop and it's f- so special and I I forget that half of them actually aren't working they're just there because they're just like hype boys and girls and they're just they they bring the energy and the vibe and like they almost work for you because that's what they do and it's so sick like it's amazing Kiki Kiki's head of movement yeah Kiki Dave Danny I'm, I'm... Kiki's head of movement that's her job <laughs> she brings the bubble guns she literally brought a whole suitcase of bubble guns and her luggage went missing. She actually still hasn't got it. And this was a week ago. And they're like oh, calling nah. her going, um, no, we're going to have to open your bag to identify it. What's in the bag? And she was like, well, bubbles, wigs. She's like, I think there's like cow outfits, dog Get outfits. Like out. she's just went all out and ordered all the costumes for us all to wear at this thing. And I'm like, 
still it's gone, but she, yeah. That. I knew something was up. I saw her wearing, I saw her being sponsored by Janie's outfits and I was like, yep, yeah, I, there's, yeah. there's a suitcase going missing. Yeah, there was a suitcase missing. <laughs> oh my God. And Ree was there. If you remember Ree from a previous episode about adoption, she was there with Ron and that looked like a fucking time yeah. and a half. I was like, oh. I'm, I am, I have such FOMO. Me and Minnie rattled we weren't there. So next year, because obviously Trip Fest is like Paul's Festival now and next year they're already, because I was like, where are we going to do it next year? And they're like, I think we'll do it Malta again because like we can do it bigger and better. I don't know how it can be better, but they're like, they've already put registrations up for 24, 24 and it's already 50% at capacity and it's like wow. in the waiting list. Fuck off. Yeah, it was it was definitely something you absolutely cannot miss next year. Get out. But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pumped. But now it's the we're in Ibiza. I can't believe you're back there, and it's just all about to start. And like, I know. no, nah, it's just it feels like we were there yesterday. I'm actually about to fly next week. No, nah, I'm fucking shook. You're there, actually. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, next week. No, nah, wow. I'm so excited. Holy dooly. Paul just said to me yesterday, he goes, I just can't wait for Minnie to get here and run up the hallway and open my door and get into bed with me every morning. I'm like, oh. Oh, my God, that's what she was doing last time. It was the best for me because like, I'd just be lying in bed and you'd get this. Yeah, it would just be the best. She'd be like, and I'd be like, sick, quick, nappy, change, good morning, Minnie, love you to bits. Bye. And then I'd be like, off you fucking go, down the hallway. <laughs> and because she, she just got to the age and height where she could grab door handles. So literally from the bed that I was in at Chloe's, at like at your – in LA, I would like literally look over, I'd lean over the bed and I could see down the hallway and I'd literally see her walk down, like just grab the latch, <laughs> fucking just open the door handle. And then she'd like, once it would open, she'd just waddle like in so fast. And like, you'd just hear Fish go, you guys would be half asleep, but he'd be like, eh, mini. And it would just be so cute. I'd be like, sit, close the door, fucking don't talk to me for a while. You guys have fun. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see you guys. I'm sure she's grown up so much just since I've seen her last. She's such a big boy. I just can't even deal with her. Like I swear, every time, every day I pick her up from kindy, she's just like says new words and she's just a new oh my God, I can't person wait. and shit. I'm like, can you just please get smaller and do less because I can't deal with the, <laughs> the growth and progression on you. It's too much for me to comprehend because I'm not growing and progressing as fast. <laughs> she's catching up to me. Her IQ and my IQ, I swear to God, they're the same. Killing me. Oh my God. <laughs> anyway, enough about me. What is doing in your life this week? What has been done? Oh my God. Tell okay, me. So it's just like motherfucking humiliating, and I was dying. Okay. <clears throat> so, okay, I was in Bunnings. And if, if you're from like, I don't know, some other planet, Bunnings is a hardware store and it's like the biggest and the best like ever. It's just the, it's like, I love Bunnings. This is what makes me so upset. It's like my second home. I love Bunnings. Rummy gets to come, that dogs can come to Bunnings and we just fucking love that joint. So I just had a massive morning at my audio book, just like, it was actually my last day of my audio book, second last day, and I was like cheering. I was like, fuck yeah. But <laughs> I had like these baggy ass jeans on, this baggy ass jumper, and just like hadn't brushed my hair in like 48 days. And then I was like, oh, better stop into Bunning. So I don't see anyone and shit, but better stop in because I needed to get some new light, light globes um, for my kitchen counter, these little things, you know, the pendants that hang down mm -hmm. the pendant lights. I'm in the lighting aisle and 
I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go a bit bougie this time. I'm doing up my house. I've got a new couch, a new rug, new stools, new table, all this bullshit. I'm like, I'm going to get some nice pendant lights. Usually I buy the $13 and I'm going for the $50. So I'm buying three of them. And I find three of the same one. I'm like, amazing because they were the last three and I was frothing. And then I go to the counter and I'm like, got the old credit card out, not the work one, obviously. When the receipt comes out, I never, ever keep receipts. But this time I was like, I better keep the receipt because in case they look shit, I'm going to fucking return them, you know? But I got the paper receipt. So I open up one of the boxes of the light globes to jam the receipt in. And when I open the light globe, I realized that there's like a miniature light globe in this big box. Like just, you know what's happened? Someone's been tampering with the, with the boxes and they've taken the epic light globe out and put in a shit box so that it's cheap. And then they put a cheap one in a good box. People do shit like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I've gone, oh, that's a fucking bit of a stitch up. And I've opened the other boxes and I'm like, they're all fucking shit outs. Like, <laughs> I'm at the self-serve thing, by the way. So I call the lady over. I'm like, oh, sis, like, look in the boxes. They're not the same globes, blah, blah, blah. These cheap ones have been put in. Like, obviously, we need to return these. I'll go back and I'll get the new ones because there was no more of these, blah, 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 blah. And I'm I'm also like, I just want to get the fuck out of here as well because I feel and look like a piece of poo and oh, sucks. I just want to get my good light globes and fuck off. Next minute... Oh, no, nah, we're going to have to check the cameras, standby. We need someone to go to aisle, the lighting aisle. We need someone on the cameras, girl in a red red baggy jumper, check that boxes haven't been tampered with and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you're actually having a laugh. So then I proceed to explain and go, are you joking? If I was to fuck with the boxes, I would put an expensive light globe in a cheap box. It doesn't make sense to put cheap light globe in the expensive box and do what I've done because I just spent 150 bucks on three $12 light globes. It doesn't make sense. Like you do it the other way around. You know, I'm not that dumb. If I was a thief, I'd do it better. And so because I was like explaining, they were freaking and like they were a bit like, you're just going to have to stand there and like I'm just standing to the side for half an hour while they look through all this footage for ages and I was actually dying. And, you know, do you know what happened? I'm questioning myself going, did I, like, open the boxes? What did I do? Like, what, like, literally, <laughs> it was so fucked and they kept me there for so long. And what, did they make you pay for it? They were. How did, how, did how did it go down? So anyway, they came over after ages of me mucking around and this chick's like, look, um, just, I'm going to give you a coffee voucher just because, like, you know, we realised it's fine. And I was like... I looked down and go, you judged me. I know you judged me. I'm, I'm wearing baggy ass shit. I look, I look like a, a thief. And she literally laughed and she was like, here, <laughs> she was like literally laughing. She's like, here's your coffee voucher. And I was like, make it a fucking sausage sizzle voucher next time, honestly, sis. This coffee's not going to cut it. Probably give it to you. You'd like that bloody coffee voucher. Probably be better oh, than Starbucks. Oh, fuck. Wow. I mean, did you get to keep the light bulbs or...? Nah, didn't get the light globes, didn't get the, I just wanted to get the fuck out of there. I was like, give me my money back. Why the fuck do people steal? It's not worth it. That's kind of stress. Nah. (laughs) And that was the story. That was it. Was that a shit story? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a good story. It was a good story. It was a long one, but it was a good one. Yeah, it was a bit long, a bit boring. Yeah, cut it out. Bit long, but good. Cut it out. It's staying. Anyway. Anyway. Shall we get into the episode? <laughs> Let's get into the Q&A. <laughs> Hopefully it's better than that story. 
I'll give you a clap for that one. Okay, so we've got a question from a listener. I like this one. Very important. I've been doing fertility treatments for about seven months now and I'm having a hard time balancing treatments versus planning events like trips and vacations, etc. I feel like I can't plan anything in advance because I never know where I'll be in my cycle. How do you handle planning trips, RSVPing to things, etc.? Thank you for always being so open about your journey. You've helped me through literally the hardest thing in my life. I can't oh, thank you enough. Love you, whoever that is. Um, this is actually a really good question because I struggle with this yeah. so much. It's been nearly three and a half years of us trying. I wouldn't say any of any part of this journey, I could call it blessed, but we were blessed in a way that the very beginning of our journey was through COVID. So we were essentially locked down and we weren't traveling. We had no events. So we kind of like punched out quite a lot of our treatments through those years. This is what I struggle with, I think, the most. And it's kind of come to the point now where we're still not pregnant this time. And I would have imagined that I was pregnant coming into the Ibiza season. And I kind of had basically planned my whole year out around me being pregnant after this surgery, but it hasn't turned out that way. And now I'm in Ibiza and it's like, well, when am I going to have time to do IVF again? My doctor's in LA. Um, It's literally impossible at this point. It's like, day by day when it comes to maybe RSVPing to things, obviously if you can make it, you can make it. And if the circumstances change closer to that, then you just, people are understanding. But can you imagine three years ago if I didn't RSVP to anything because I was thinking I was going to be pregnant? Well, I would never have been able to go to anything because, and I still haven't got a baby. Like I would have been able to go to them all. Hopefully in your case, you don't get to go to them because you're pregnant, but shit happens and you might be able, you know, it's just, I think it's just like one of those things that you literally have to evaluate it a couple of weeks out from the event and you people are pretty understanding, I think. When it comes to vacations and trips, it's such a hard one because like I said, we're, we're all over the place all the time. And it's, it's, it, it's just that this is a priority in life and for us anyway. And I just have to unfortunately miss out on things and I have to relocate to continue IVF. And if that means that Paul's not with me, that sucks. We haven't actually got to that point yet, but it's looking like it's going to have to come soon. But yeah, I think you just have to literally take every day as it comes right now. Like I literally don't know where I'm going to be next month. I could be here. I could be in LA. I could be, you know, who knows? But yeah, I, I, I keep on finding myself saying this all the time. And I, I even said to Paul, we were meant to go on our honeymoon to Bora Bora. And that's like my dream top bucket list place that I've always wanted to go to my whole life. We obviously didn't get to go because of COVID, but I was like, God, I really want to do this before I have a baby so we can, you know, enjoy it and have some drinks together and celebrate us. But it's so funny because he's like, maybe we can do it after the Ibiza season. But instantly in my mind, I'm like, no, I'm going to be pregnant before then. It's it's crazy. It's like this weird cycle because it, you constantly, I totally understand where this chick is coming from because I, you can't, yeah. but you just have to plan it and you just you just never know where, where your journey is going to lead you. That's a bloody good question because I haven't, haven't conquered that one yet. That's a really good question. Um, and like when she says, planning vacations it's like oh my gosh 
plan the vacation because you can't just sit in the one spot yeah. doing round after round after round of IVF. The vacation should be healthy for you mm-hmm. to get away from it for a bit. And then I feel like it's a very good excuse if you're RSVPing yes to things and then at the last second, you know, you have a transfer that day or you can't go to that event or something. Fuck, that's a fucking amazing excuse. People understand it's health, it's IVF. Like you just can't go at the last minute and they'll get it. Like even if it's a wedding, it's like you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. 100% agree. Everything's just up in limbo, right? It's always in limbo. (laughs) This That's the best question ever. It's so, I wish that there was an easy answer, but yeah, I think you just got to book it and see what happens and just book Flexi. And if you have to cancel, it's the best thing in the world. Yeah, Flexi. You know? Yeah, exactly. Got another one here. How do you keep up with the partying so much? You're always on the go. How are you not dead or hungover or sick all the time? Oh, my God, we both get this question a lot. I am always half fucking dead, I swear. I'm always so tired. I, um, surprisingly, I'm, I'm usually okay. I, I personally don't really drink that much. I'll maybe sip on one or two drinks a night. Like I'm not a fast drinker. I don't really drink, so... You don't, eh? I don't... I don't know. I'm a rare unit. Like, I need to get my sleep and I don't really drink that much, so I'm a bit, little bit boring. It looks like I am, like... I just get a lot of energy from being there and dancing around and jumping with friends, but as soon as the show's over, I kid you not, I am home within a flash and in bed. That's so funny. People don't realise clothes actually a full grandma and I'm jealous of you. I love, like I can just sink margaritas and I'm the fastest drinker and I just, <laughs> I just go, I just, whereas Chloe will sit on the same drink for the whole fucking night. Yeah. And so you barely drink. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I definitely have my blowouts. I'll pick and choose, but I'm, I, I, there's just no way I could drink and be okay the next day, especially when you're having to go to airports. Airports are just not fun when you're hungover and when you're on tour, it's you just can't. I mean, Paul's the same. He doesn't really drink that much anymore either. You just literally just can't. <laughs> I feel like our lives, I feel like especially yours because you're always at clubs and stuff. But when I'm physically with you, I'll be like, let's go, let's party. And you're like, there's no fucking way I'm going out. Like you, we were watching your stories the other day of you at Vegas and who I don't know who I was with. They're like, how fun does Chloe look right now? Like she's just going nuts at the moment. I'm like... <laughs> She's honestly probably not even had a drink. Like she's just, it's just that when you're home, if Fish doesn't have any shows, there's not one dot of let's go out. It's just like we are staying home. We're going to, you go to bed at fucking 7.30 and you actually are the opposite. Like obviously you're so fun, but you do not, you're not just partying all the time. It's like, and neither does Fish. He never fucking parties. He barely drinks as well. I hibernate. Someone's like, we've got a dinner at 8 p.m. I'm like, oh no, Sorry. Sometimes it astounds me and it rattles me because I'll be awake at midnight and I'll be like in my bed doing emails or like something and I count the hours and I'm like, Chloe went to bed at 7.30. She's had like five hours on me. So I'm going to wake up tomorrow being a wreck and tired but I just run on no sleep and she'll wake up going, oh, I'm a bit tired. I don't know if I slept that well. My aura ring says I only slept 80% (laughs) deep and I'm like, bro, you had fucking 11 hours more than me. Don't complain. But you can go to bed earlier. I count the hours and it rattles me. It's so silly. I shouldn't do it. Go to bed earlier. I know, but I have a fucking insomnia and I can't. And that's... Sort it out. Chloe and I, this is what we needed to talk to Trav about, but our brains have different schedules. So you like to work during the day and I do not like to work during the day. I, my brain works at night. 
I was talking to Laura, our best friend, and she's the same. So me and Laura both have ADD. I mean, undiagnosed. I'm 99% sure I do. I'm just not going to go and get it diagnosed because like, what's the point? Undiagnosed ADD. And we both are those kind of people that we, we need to go and get some energy out in the morning. We need to walk. We need to go talk some shit, just fluffy shit out of the way in the morning. We can't start any jobs or actually concentrate on a task until like the afternoon. My brain, I get so creative in the afternoon. At night times when I want to respond to emails, I have all ideas for job, upcoming jobs and shit like that. Whereas mornings when Chloe wants me to work right now and I'm like, fuck this, and can't do it. I, I'm in a habit of getting up because I think things need to be actioned. So you get up and you respond to emails. And then that way, if it needs to be responded to that day, people have the chance to get back to you and you know what I mean? Whereas if you're doing it at night time, you got to wait for a week to get it back, the answer. Shut up a week. What's funny though is that now we're in different time zones. This whole time, this whole time zone bullshit shouldn't matter because like when you're in IBs, actually this is perfect because your early morning is my late at night. So that's that's actually perfect because that's when both our brains are working. Yeah. The best. We're going to get a lot of good shit done. <laughs> yes. And I don't think time zones matter because everyone we deal with is in a different fucking zone. Yeah, we do. Got another one. Okay. So I'm so sorry this is so long, but I need to get this out. I'm 100% ready for a baby. My partner and I have been together 10 years. We've brought a house and we were super settled right now. Before COVID, we planned to do heaps of traveling before we started trying for a baby. Fast forward three years, we haven't gone anywhere, but also now I am ready to start a family, but he really wants to do some traveling. I've been to 18 countries and he's only been to three. We are planning some trips for the year, but he seems to think that we have to do that before we start even trying. And I'm really scared about being fertile because my sister struggled with conception. I've also been off the pill for a year now and we don't use protection. We've been using the pull-out method. What do I do? I've tried to bring it up, but he seems to think that we'll get pregnant instantly. What do you reckon, Elle? Oh, boys. <laughs> Bloody boys. They they just think that it's going to happen like that. But also, I don't think you should worry about the problem until it's a problem. Like when you – the pull-out method, and I'm not going to say it works. It obviously doesn't work, but it kind of does also work sometimes. <laughs> so when you start <laughs> trying – don't worry that you're going to be infertile yet because that's a later problem. You know, you don't know if you're going to struggle with conception yet. So I wouldn't worry about that. I would say if you want some reassurance around your fertility, you can actually go and see your GP and even potentially get your AMH test. I think it's like $75 through Medicare in Australia, although it's not the be all and end all test, but it will give you some reassurance. If your numbers look fine, then don't worry about it. Go traveling. I am all for the traveling we always say this on the podcast. Yeah. Life is really short and there's some invaluable experiences that you'll get through traveling and so many memories. But in saying that, I get what you mean by you. I stress that it might not work, but exactly what Elle said, I think don't worry about that until it actually is a problem. If you haven't even started trying actively or you haven't even gone and got tested or you haven't even looked into fertility treatments and all that sort of stuff, I don't think you need to worry just yet, yeah. um, depending on how, how long you want to travel for. You might only want to travel for a month or two or whatever. Get the traveling and then, I mean, you can always just not try when you're traveling and if it happens, that's amazing. 
But I think the best time to try it is when you're traveling because, like, you can mm. be pregnant while you're fucking traveling around the world, right? And then you come back and have your baby at home. I just want to say don't think you can't travel when you have a baby. Life's not over. I have another question for you, Elle, and it says, number one juicy advice before I pop out my new bubba and best labor tip. <laughs> I am going to suck at this, but my best labor tip is not really to have too many plans or expectations because I 100% thought it was going to be a fucking walk in the park like my mum's birth with <laughs> us. I thought it was just going to slip and slide on out in the bath and it was going to be beautiful and it was, I hope it is a walk in the park and a lot of the time it can be and it can just be this beautiful birth. And I think all births are beautiful. Mine was definitely beautiful, but it was not what I fucking expected. It was not easy. It was not painless like my mum said. What a weirdo for saying that anyways. Um, And it was not quick. It took fucking forever. It was excruciating. I thought my legs were going to fall off and it was the most painful shit in the world. And my first labour tip would be, don't think you're this fucking machine. We're not actually, we're just, we're just humans. And yeah, this is a humane thing that we're doing and our bodies are apparently built for it, but didn't feel like mine was built for it at the fucking time. Let me tell you that. <laughs> uh, I would a hundred percent in hindsight have gotten the epidural. And I mean, look, now it's funny because I look back, I'm like, I'm so glad I didn't because I really felt every dot of pain that mini fucking caused me and shit. But oh my God. Just remember, the gift that comes out at the end is, you know, I'll be all cliche, it's the best thing ever and it's worth it and all that bullshit. But it is, nothing can prepare you for it. I'm telling you that. So don't think you can go in preparing. This poor chick, hopefully she doesn't listen to that before she goes into labour. <laughs> hopefully she listens after and she just, yeah. I don't know. But just put so much trust and faith in the midwives because that is what they they do it every day. So oh, there's no other fucking coping mechanisms. Just get the drugs if you feel like you need them. Don't be ashamed or whatever. Trust the experts is all I can say. And just hang the fuck on. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But it's so, it's not easy in there, dolls. So just get the epi <laughs> or just get the, no shame in just booking in for it sunroof fucking cesarean birth honestly do what you got to do to get the baby out safely if you don't like pain I think I've always been like no pain no gain I love pain I'm tough bitch so I'm okay with the way I did it now I look back and I can laugh about it like I am now kind of thing but if you don't like pain like we have friends that are like I just physically like you know I don't enjoy being hurt like I just don't even like pain at all just don't even don't just plan for an epi just don't even put up with any pain from the get-go is all I can say. You heard it here first. Because it hurts. <laughs> Chloe, there's actually another question that dovetails perfectly. Do you, oh, and I don't even want to ask this because, yeah, I don't even think you should ever regret it, but do you regret not being at my birth? Someone asked that. Well, yes, 100% because there, I, that was, I really, really, really wanted to be there. I'm some crazy person that, loves the idea of birth and they obviously haven't (laughs) gone through birth yet and that'll be a whole different thing. But two reasons why I wasn't at the birth. First reason was that I was stuck in LA during COVID and you couldn't actually, I couldn't travel back and forth. The second reason was it was, 
in the thick of COVID and Elodie was actually only allowed to have one person in the delivery room and obviously that was going to be her mum. So yeah, yes, I regret it. Yes, it breaks my heart because I would have loved more than anything, anything in this world to experience that birth. However, it just wasn't possible. So, oh, Minnie Moo. Do you know what's so cute is when I think back to when Minnie was born and she literally was bright purple, like this tiny little fetus that was so skinny and she came out like 2.4 kilos and she was just miniature and like it's so funny looking back at photos and I remember that the main person, like well, Fish actually met her like a month later when I went to Sydney and he came home for a minute and but he was the main person that was obsessed with her from the get-go and obviously I thought she was so beautiful because she's my little girl but he was already obsessed with her and he was like, he's not even a mad baby person. He's like, she's just so beautiful, look at her. And I'm like, I know, I know, I know. But I look back at photos now of Minnie in Fisher's arms. I'm like, fuck, she wasn't actually that beautiful. What was, what was everyone saying? I'm like, no, it was actually just him going on about how stunning she was when she was like full purple and like her features weren't featurey yet because they were fucking the size of an ant. And he just thought, she, he saw the, the beauty in her when like I honestly think a lot of people didn't. They'd just be like, ah, oh, she's cute. And like she's really cute now. But I'm like back then, babies, babies a lot of the time come out looking like little old men. Like they do. <laughs> I just love sniffing her. She, she is the best. I know. It's not even what she they look like. It's the feeling and the sense and the pheromones that they give you the the mm. the vibe, I think. And I feel like that's probably what he really felt and you too. Oh, I just love newborns. You do, eh? They're so cute and they're so easy because they just fucking sleep and you just like you just feel so connected to them because you're like, oh, they're comfortable with me, they're sleeping. And it's like they, they actually just do that on anyone. <laughs> I remember our, one of our friends came over, you know, wanted to probably come over and get a picture of my kid and stuff. And she's just like, why is she so purple? And I'm like, she just came out of my fucking vagina, bro. Shut up. <laughs> on that note. Another good one here. Chloe, my partner and I have had five miscarriages in two years. We're about to start IVF. How do you stay sane and any tips for staying calm while doing IVF and not turning into a complete mess? Oh, oh. bless. I am so sorry for a start. Five miscarriages in two years, that is absolutely awful. And I can't even imagine. Fuck. I can't even imagine it. Like we, every miscarriage that we've had has been absolutely awful and you really do feel like you're in the trenches and you feel so alone and yeah I take my hat off for you for just pushing on through but it definitely yeah it's certainly hard and testing times what keeps me sane and calm look I still have my bad days like literally two weeks ago I was on the phone to Elodie I basically cried all day so I think it really is just a roller coaster you're going to have shit days you're going to have good days the other day I was like Today's been a shit day, but there's only 24 hours in it. It needs to get put to bed and tomorrow's a new day. And oh. I know that sounds so lame, but that sort of does keep me going. I'm like, as the sooner I get to bed tonight, the sooner tomorrow starts as a fresh day and it's like a fresh slate sort of thing. Um, I focus a, a lot on slowing down and I think that that is why this year I've decided to slow down and get a little bit grounded and it's really important to – put yourself first and practice a lot of self-care. 
eat really good foods. I really, really love hot yoga. So I go and do that a couple of times a week. I'm really into tarot cards and angel cards and stuff like that. There's like mantra cards and I have these like little mantra cards on my kitchen lounge room coffee table and every morning I'll get up and I'll pull like a positive affirmation card and I'm like sit it on the table and I'll look at it all day and just have to have like small reminders. Um, I also have an app called I Am and every couple of hours it like pops up like another positive affirmation. I think it's like really important just to keep telling you things that things are going to be okay. And Aww. yeah, I, I really, I need that because it's very easy to get into a lot of self-doubt. So I really need those reminders throughout my house and on my phone to remind you that it's going to be okay and that there is light at the end of the tunnel. I love cooking. I love going on walks, listening to music. Like I just love all that sort of like homely stuff that really helps me a lot. And I think that I pretty, I really am overall quite a calm person. I recently did my Vedic meditation course, which I absolutely love. It was like a four day thing and you got your mantra and it's basically every single day, 20 minutes, twice a day, you sit down and you meditate in silence for 20 minutes. I feel like that that has really helped me a lot as well. But yeah, I don't know. They're they're kind of the things that help me. I think that the number one thing is just to slow down and practice self-care. That's what I like doing the most. That's what helps me the most. And I think it's also quite unpredictable. Like you just don't actually know how you might respond to the the, you know, the injections and the, the, the hormones. And so if you are turning into a complete mess, there's no shame you're going through something so crazy. So I think maybe also allowing time. Don't be mad at yourself if you're like a crazy hormonal person because you're going, your body's under so much pressure. So obviously you, you ideally want to just be this calm, cool, collected person, but sometimes you need to allow yourself time to, to kind of mm. get it out get all those emotions out if you do need to be a mess for a bit and then pull yourself back together. Yeah, totally. I Sometimes crying is the best medicine. Sometimes I get on, on the phone to my girlfriends and I literally just cry, send voice notes as long as podcasts, which is so annoying, I know. But um, also our Facebook group too, you know, you can actually post comments anonymously as well. So you can actually hop on. There's so many women in there that are going through IVF too. So if you post it, like you can post something like that and I think everyone will have different strategies on trying to help themselves through IVF. And if for some reason a cycle just feels like it's hitting too hard, you can say no, you know, you can have that off and take your time. And there's, I mean, I try and rush everything and it's it's taken me three and a half years to be like, okay, I need to not rush this. I need to just listen to my body and, and do things when it feels right for me. The Facebook community makes me feel so warm and fuzzy. If you're doing IVF, you need to go on there. There's so many people on there that are like, guys, I just did my transfer or guys, I just did an egg collection. I, I got four eggs. Like I thought I'd get more, blah, blah, blah. Like so many people are so open about IVF and their journey on there. So I reckon that's a great place to go. Like you can actually post anonymously if you feel like you don't, I don't know, want to be more private, but you can still get all the interaction and comments from people. Yeah. I love you, sister. It's been a good little chatteroonie. Thanks for listening, guys, to part two of our Q&A. There'll always be more Q&As because they're our favourite episodes to do. Well, they're personally mine. And always remember to send me more questions via email, DM, or where they send them, Chloe? They can go to darlingshine.com and there's a contact form there so they can send it through. Yay! Yeah, do that. Bye. Love you guys.